From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Washington Watch. Coming up, Major League Baseball, Delta Airlines, and Coca-Cola. Their unhinged response to Georgia's election reform law reveals either they are A, willfully uninformed and easily led by the left, or B, they are all a part of a deceptive ploy to manipulate election outcomes. We'll talk about it with Governor Brian Kemp of Georgia. And Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchison issued a last-minute veto today of the Save Adolescents from Experimentation Act. Will the legislature override the governor's veto? We'll talk with the bill's author, State Representative Robin Lundstrom. Also, I'm wondering, when can we expect a final determination from the president about the United States participating in the Beijing Olympics, given that he said the Chinese president doesn't have a democratic bone in his body? That was Real Clear News reporter Philip Wegman asking White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki if President Biden, who supported Major League Baseball ditching Georgia, would now push to move the 2022 Olympics from the repressive communist country of China. We'll talk with Florida Congressman Michael Waltz later here on Washington Watch. And back in Georgia, Georgia Senator the Reverend Raphael Warnock quickly deleting a tweet yesterday morning that had a message contradicting the purpose of the resurrection. What did he say? We'll talk about it with David Clawson, director of FRC Center for Biblical Worldview. The website, TonyPerkins.com. If you're on the free speech platform of Gab, it's at Tony underscore Perkins. And uh, by the way, I want to encourage you to download the Stand Firm app if you're not near one of the uh, 800-plus stations or so that are uh, airing Washington Watch. You can go to the App Store on uh, Google Play in, uh, and on Google Play and download the app Stand Firm. And that way you can listen to Washington Watch and stay informed no matter where you are. And speaking of stations, today I want to give a special shout-out to one of our new partner stations in central Illinois. A special thank you to uh, Paul Scott, General Manager, for making Washington Watch possible on the word. WPEO airing in Greater Peoria, Peoria, Illinois, on AM 1020, FM 97.7, and 103.9, as well as 98.3 over in Bloomington and the Champaign area. We're thrilled that you are now a part of the Washington Watch family. All right, over the weekend, uh, the governor of Georgia... Responding to the announcement by Major League Baseball that the All-Star Game would not be played in Georgia. Here in part is what he had to say. Georgians and all Americans should know what this decision means. It means cancel culture and partisan activists are coming for your business. They're coming for your game or event in your hometown. And they're coming to cancel everything from sports to how you make a living. And they will stop at nothing to silence all of us. Well, earlier today, Senator Marco Rubio pointed out the hypocrisy of Major League Baseball. He asked the question, will Major League Baseball now end its engagement with nations that do not hold elections at all, like China and Cuba? So why single out Georgia? Most likely it's because they are listening to what the left is saying about a bill that it either has not read or they are in there are intentionally misportraying. Well, joining me now to talk more about the Major League Baseball's announcement is the governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp. Governor, welcome back to the program. Hey, thanks for having me back on. Good afternoon. 
Well, Governor, at first, I just want to ask you uh, your reaction to Friday's announcement by Major League Baseball. Oh, it's just devastating. I mean, they have completely caved to the cancel culture, um, you know, woke politics, if you will. Really frustrating for a lot of baseball fans like myself, a lot of the kids that were looking forward to that in Atlanta, and a lot of the small business owners that are up in Cobb County in the metro Atlanta area. I mean, the economic impact is going to be huge, and it's it's ridiculous. It's all based on a lie that Joe Biden and Stacey Abrams has been spreading, I guess, before they even read the bill. Yeah, I want to get into a couple of the particulars in a moment, but I want to go back uh, to Capitol Hill for a moment because earlier today the Republican leader, Mitch McConnell, also uh, released a statement saying, we are witnessing a coordinated campaign by powerful and wealthy people to mislead and bully the American people. Do you agree with that? Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, they have alternative motives here. Uh, I think several of them, quite honestly, I and mean, these organizers, if you will, are profiting off of this effort, raising you know millions of dollars and taking money from billionaires to push this false narrative that's out there. Regardless, they don't, I don't think they really care what the bill actually says. This playbook was written weeks ago before the final version of the bill came together and before I signed it into law when they you know, preserve the domain name Jim Crow 2.0. I thought it was very um, poignant, if you will, of Leader McConnell to point out that even Joe Biden, besides calling this law, you know, Jim Crow 2.0, he called the filibuster Jim Crow 2.0, even though he uh, and the Democrats used the filibuster to block, you know, Tim Scott's legislation on police reform and anti-lynching legislation. So, you know, it's really condescending to the American people and the hardworking uh, folks around our country and around our state. But I do believe it is a, a woke-up call, if you will. Uh, people are really opening their eyes to this. I mean, if, if you can't keep sports out of politics, especially Major League Baseball, uh, you know, what's next? And that was really my charge to people, not only in Georgia but across the country. We've got to unite against this cancel culture. Uh, it's ridiculous, especially when we have a – piece of legislation that's going to expand voting opportunities, especially on the weekend early. And you compare that to states like New York, where Major League Baseball is headquartered. We have seven days more of early voting um, than New York does. Yet the commissioner's worried about holding an event in Georgia. And, you know, I, I thought the comments that Senator Rubio and Cotton and others had made about the Major League Baseball connections to China and Cuba um, are very interesting as well. I, I want to get into some of the particulars. You mentioned, uh, you know, this is a, this is really a, a slap in the face to the working people of, of Georgia. Well, that's one of the issues that uh, Joe Biden has said, that this keeps the working man from voting. But obviously he hasn't read the well, bill. That, yeah, that's ridiculous. I mean, if you really look at the nuts and bolts of the bill, and also the thing that's been interesting is over the last several days, there's been a lot of information that came out on what the legislature was doing in this piece of, of legislation and, and also why, fixing mechanical problems that were seen in the last election and, and also just the facts of what the bill actually does. 134 of 159 counties will actually be offering more early voting hours or more election hours than they were in the last election because of the way 
this bill uh, levels the playing field, if you will, on hours of operation. You know, I, I mentioned the expanding the opportunity for people to vote with two mandatory Saturdays in Georgia now. So the whole argument about what what President Biden would say about keeping working men and women from voting, well, obviously, if we were doing that, we wouldn't be adding an additional Saturday that people could vote on in conjunction to the one that was already mandatory, given counties the option that they would like, and it's their choice, they could add uh, either one or two Sundays where people could actually vote. And his whole thing about the whole 5 o'clock and all that has been fact-checked. Even the Washington Post gave him a four Pinocchios on that. Um, and, and that's the thing. I mean, you've got these people literally that have been lying about what is in this legislation to drive an agenda, I think, in some ways to pass H.R. 1 and S.R. 1, which is an unconstitutional takeover and a federalization of elections in our country. I think you uh, I think you're absolutely right. Let's talk for just a moment. When you compare the working man, let's say, in Delaware or New York, how do their elections law, how do their election laws and procedures uh, line up with what you're proposing in Georgia? Well, I know in New York we have a week more of early voting than they do in Delaware. Obviously, I just mentioned the weekends. I mean, in New York, I'm sorry. In Delaware, I don't think they even have uh, early voting. If they do, it's not as many days as we are. And also in New York, you have to have an excuse to vote absentee. And in Georgia, you do not. And that's the thing that's so condescending. Uh, we've got side-by-side comparisons that we can get that you can post up for, for all your listeners and, and viewers that, you know, really shed a light on all of this and, and really show you that Georgia, you know, has has ample opportunities for people to participate in elections here. Also, a lot of the measures in the bill, whether it's replacing an antiquated, arbitrary signature process for absentee ballots and using a voter ID, which is free in Georgia if you don't have one. We've been using voter ID to vote in person since the mid-2000s, you know, 95 to 97% uh, of the people have already done that. So they act like we're, you know, creating a hardship. That is not the case. There's other ways to get your absentee ballot if for some reason you can't or don't have the voter ID. You know, we're securing drop boxes. You know, the other side is crying foul saying we're taking drop boxes away. We've never had drop boxes in the statute in Georgia. They were done by emergency rule by the state election board because of the pandemic in 2020. So if we had just done nothing, drop boxes would still be, they would not be available in Georgia because they weren't in the statute. We've actually added them for the first time ever. Some counties last election didn't have drop boxes. Now every county will have at least one. And the other thing is they won't tell you is that any voter can just take their ballot if they get an absentee ballot, they're worried about mailing it. They can take it and hand it to the local elections official at the at the elections office or a precinct. So, you know, people are just not telling the truth. It's it's hard to to really come out and, and say that the president of the United States is lying about this bill. But that's exactly what he's doing. You know, I just want to mention on the boxes, the voter uh, drop boxes, that was one of the issues in the November election where those were funded by a non-government entity, which raised some concerns. And other states are actually looking at that as well as is borrowing that borrow, uh, borrowing that outside money from uh, coming in and and placing selectively 
those boxes. Of course, they're criticizing the voter ID, which uh, about a dozen and a half states have voter ID laws. Now, this may be a reach for you, Governor, but I want to ask you this question, Governor Kemp. Uh, looking over this in the last couple of weeks, as this has been front page headline news, what is the most glaring example of the hypocrisy that you've seen from the left on this bill? Well, I think the biggest thing is just, you know, when the president comes out and says things that, that aren't true and is criticizing the great state of Georgia, comparing this to a Jim Crow, Crow law and, and voter suppression is ridiculous when his own state does not have ample opportunities. You know, I've challenged a lot of the mainstream media to just go up there and compare Delaware with Georgia, and especially on our early voting opportunities. Um, you know, it's not even close as to who's got more opportunity to vote. Well, and Governor, I, I think it's a... Uh, I want to thank you for coming on. We're out of time, but I want to thank you for coming on. I also want to thank you for the statement you made in your release over the weekend that you're not going to back down. You're going to continue to fight uh, despite the lies of the left. And that's important, not just to Georgians. That's important to voters all across the country, because if you back down, other states will not stand their ground in defending the integrity of elections. So I want to thank you for doing that. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on again. Absolutely, Governor. Anytime. Governor Brian Kemp of uh, Georgia. Incredible. Incredible. But this Look, it, we're in for the, the, the fight of our lives as a republic. All right, when we come back, we're going to go to Arkansas, get the latest on the SAFE Act. The author of the bill joins us next. Don't go away. Hey, Matt. Hey, Hannah. What's going on? Why so gloomy? Well, I'm a little disappointed. I had a lot planned to do during the stay-at-home time, and I just didn't do it. Oh, yeah? What did you have planned that you didn't get to do? Well, I was actually hoping I would finally be able to get time to do a regular Bible reading routine, and I started a couple of times. I just didn't stick with it. Don't be too down on yourself. Starting a new routine can be hard, but one way to help is to join in with others and to have a good game plan. I think I have a good solution for you. Oh, yeah? Tony Perkins and FRC are doing a two-year study in the Word. They have it all mapped out. When did they start? I, I would be so far behind. Oh, that's not a problem. You can literally jump in any time. There's a daily reading just a couple of chapters a day with questions to help you think about what you're reading. Nice. Where can I find this? Go to frc.org Bible and you can get started. Where's that again? frc.org Bible. Got it. Checking it out now. In our time, North Korea remains one of the world's most mysterious countries. Unfortunately, what we do know about North Korea indicates the country is also one of the world's worst abusers of human rights, including violations of religious freedom. The North Korean regime has engaged in an intense crackdown on religion for decades. Today, few religious believers remain, and those who do face grave danger. The secretive nature of the regime, nicknamed the Hermit Kingdom, makes it difficult for American leaders to address these human rights issues. Yet, even though options are limited, the gravity of the situation calls on Western countries to take every action possible to relieve the suffering of the North Korean people, a people who have no chance of speaking up for themselves. To learn more about this important issue, check out FRC's publication titled North Korea, the world's foremost violator of religious freedom. 
To access the information you need to stay informed, including a list of policy proposals, go to frc.org slash North Korea. Masculinity in America has never been under attack the way it is today. We've reached the point where the term itself is considered toxic or offensive to many. The consistent message in our nation is that masculinity by nature is bad and is the root cause of many of the problems plaguing our society. From his experience as a military combat officer and ordained minister of the gospel, Lieutenant General William Boykin has seen and dealt with firsthand the breakdown of leadership in our nation by the lack of godly men living lives of biblical purpose. In his latest book, Man to Man, Rediscovering Masculinity in a Challenging World, he addresses the essential elements of manhood as a provider, an instructor, a defender, a battle buddy, and a chaplain, and explains how to personally develop these traits and pass them to the next generation. Get your copy today of Man to Man, wherever books are sold. try to make my decisions based upon other factors, but I also recognize the image of Arkansas is important and that we have a growing economy, and when people want to look at Arkansas, I want them to think of a place that is tolerant, that has a hate crime bill, that is acceptance of people that might be different, and that we uh, put a value on other people's lives uh, that might be different than ours. I want that image of Arkansas. Image is also always important for a governor and the impression people have of our state, and so that is a factor. That was uh, Governor Asa Hutchison, governor of Arkansas, earlier today when he announced his veto of the SAFE Act, the Save Adolescents from Experimentation Act, House Bill 1570, uh, that was overwhelmingly passed by the state legislature there. I think we're going to be joined by the bill's author, State Representative Robin Lundstrom, in a moment. They're actually still in session, so she's uh, uh, working on bills. In fact, the next step here, I'm just going to jump into this, uh, because this is something I've actually had conversations with. I had a conversation with the governor over the weekend on this, encouraging him if uh, once I detected a little bit of hesitation to allow it to become law without his signature, obviously today, he did not do that. Um, you know, I respect the governor, disagree with the governor, uh, but certainly re- respect the governor. He's been on the program uh, before. But the legislature is more conservative than the governor. And this measure passed by a, a pretty extensive uh, margin. It was 77 to 22 in the House and 27 to 8 in the Senate. Now, Arkansas is uh, is kind of a unique state, one of uh, about six states that only require a bare majority to actually override a governor's veto. And so as a result, because ASA is a little on the moderate side, trying to be nice, a little on the moderate side, uh, he's actually been overridden a number of times by the state legislature. So um, if you live in the state of Arkansas, I encourage you, ASAP, to contact your state representative and your state senator and encourage them to override the governor's veto of the SAFE Act. If you need uh, more information, go to TonyPerkins.com. We've got the action items there on the website uh, for you. But, look, this is a very straightforward piece of legislation. Now, he raised a number of issues, uh, you know, about image perception 
Look, I'm certainly glad that Governor Kemp was not concerned about perception because perception can be manipulated. And that's exactly what the left is doing. When you look at a bill like this, it's very straightforward. It simply says that if you're under the age of 18, you you cannot have these, um, in most cases, irreversible uh, drugs, off-label drugs, and surgeries. Real, real simple. And it also prohibits taxpayers from being forced to pay for it and insurance companies to underwrite it until they're at the age of 18. There is a whole host of activities that if you're under the age of 18, you cannot engage in. All right. We've got uh, State Representative Lundstrom now on the line. We interrupted her legislative activities, and we thank her for joining us. Uh, Representative Lundstrom, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, and I apologize. I was running a bill in committee, and it just kept going and going, no, and I'm no so sorry. No need. I understand. Been there, done that. So uh, no, no need. So we were just talking about the governor vetoed earlier today. Uh, the legislature, simply by a simple majority, can override his veto. What does it look like? Well, I know the legislature, and, and myself included, a number of legislators are extremely disappointed. Um, and as soon as the governor's letter explaining the veto arrives, which I suspect will be tomorrow at 1 o'clock, we will address it then. And I hope that we can override the veto and we can protect children in Arkansas. Now, he called, on, he called on legislators to come up with something, quote, a more restrained approach that allows for studying the issues before acting. Now, I don't know if it's the same thing in Arkansas, but it was when I was in the legislature in Louisiana. That a study in the legislature is the legislative graveyard. That's to bury that's, the issue. That's correct. That's two years of silence and crickets. That doesn't that doesn't accomplish anything. Um, this bill was tightly crafted and specific to address one issue, and that's protecting children from sex change procedures, both surgically and chemically. I don't know how much more tightly crafted that you need. Um, so, no, that doesn't really solve the problem. In fact, that just kicks the can down the road and allows children to be abused for two more years. So, Robin, uh, in listening to the governor's veto message, um, obviously got it wrong by not signing it. But what 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 factually did he just is he off base on that the, the people need to know about? Well, I think that the biggest thing is that that this is something that's not needed. Um, I, I would I would strongly disagree. This is something that is needed. Uh, no, we're not doing surgery on children in Arkansas. But when you give chemicals to a child, when you give drugs to a child that will cause infertility and long term health problems, it's the same. If you cut off an arm or give a child the chemicals to cut off an arm, it's the same. I, I, I don't see the difference, and we can't just turn our back on children. And I think we can't turn our back on parents. Parents are under a lot of pressure these days to go with right. the trend, yeah. and I, I think we need to have the parents back as well. Well, and, and uh, you know, there, there have been those that have raised this issue, well, the parents should make this decision. Well, we don't let the parents make the decision whether or not a kid needs to be in a car seat or wear a seatbelt. There are certain things that we say, look, this is for the well-being of society because we all pay the price for this. Well, and to and to put a finer point on it, we don't allow children to have alcohol until the age of 21. And right, even if a parent, a parent can't, uh, can't, can't go out and get the child drunk either. That's correct. And you're not allowed to change your name until 18. 
Um, why would you allow them to alter their bodies in such a way until they're old enough to understand the consequences of their decision? Yeah, yeah very straightforward, very common-sense-based legislation. All right, uh, we're out of, out of time, but v- quickly, what do people in Arkansas need to do now? They need to contact their legislators and let those House and Senate members know that they've got their backs as well. And hopefully tomorrow we can put this thing to rest soon. The people of Arkansas need to speak. All right, very and good. Hopefully we'll that will encourage, happen. We'll encourage folks to do that. Senate uh, Representative Bar- Robin Lundstrom, thanks so much for uh, joining us today. As always, great to talk to you. Thank you for your patience. Absolutely. Robin Lundstrom um, doing a great work there in Arkansas. Go to the website, TonyPerkins.com, and uh, the action items are right there for you. All right, when we come back, we're going back to um, to Georgia. The uh, senator there, the Reverend Raphael Warnock, tweeting out something yesterday, a little controversial. We're going to talk about it. The history of religious persecution in China is extensive, and many are not aware of the current oppression of religious groups taking place there. China restricts religious practice and oppresses religious minorities on a sweeping scale. This religious persecution targets those of every faith. Christians, Muslims, Tibetan Buddhists, and Falun Gong practitioners are all victims of the Chinese Communist Party's efforts to suppress any set beliefs that might compete with the party's ideology. This campaign against religion has had and continues to have devastating consequences for those who simply wish to live according to their conscience. Family Research Council's recently updated publication addresses China's consistent abuses of human rights and explains why they cannot be treated like any other country. Learn more about this issue by visiting frc.org slash China. Oh, man. What's wrong? I just missed Washington Watch with Tony Perkins, and our congressman was going to be on the show today. Oh, that's not a big deal. What do you mean? Well, you can always catch the replay of the day's show. How's that? With the Stand Firm app. Yeah? Yep, you can catch that day's program and so much more. You can contact your elected officials on campaigns and policies that are important to you with the Take Action tab. You can listen to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins live and play previous episodes while conveniently going about your day. You can access the Washington Update, informative blogs, tweets, and critical campaigns on the main feed, so you can stay up to date on local and national news. Wow, I definitely use that. How do you find the app? Just visit frc.org slash app and download or search Stand Firm in the App Store. Okay, that's Stand Firm. Yep, Stand Firm. How do you know all this? Because I'm a SageCon, but that's another story. Huh? Welcome back to Washington Watch, the website, TonyPerkins.com. Be sure and download the Stand Firm app. You can find it in the App Store. That way you can stay connected with Washington Watch and FRC, no matter where you are or what you're doing. And that way you will be equipped with the latest information to act on legislation like we were just talking about, the SAFE Act. Again, go to uh, the App Store, download Stand Firm. All right, uh, Georgia Senator Raphael Warnock. The uh, the Reverend, uh, he's the pro-choice pastor, 
had a message for his flock on Easter morning. And it's, uh, I know it's probably not what you think. He tweeted, and I quote, The meaning of Easter is more transcendent than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Whether you are Christian or not, through a commitment to helping others, we are able to save ourselves, end quote. Now, that tweet has since been deleted, but you know what they say. What goes on the Internet stays on the Internet. Joining me now for a conversation about this tweet and what it means, what it says about the senator, is David Clawson, FRC's Director of Biblical Worldview and our Christian Ethics. Uh, David, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me, Tony. So, David, was this tweet a mistake or a revelation of his missiology? It's a revelation of exactly uh, the theological beliefs that have guided Reverend Warnock uh, for his entire career. It would so appear, Tony. And I, I just want to be, you know, say this right at the front. You know, Reverend Senator Warnock's policy positions, uh, many of them are a bad idea for America. Reverend Warnock's view, though, on the resurrection is a really, really bad idea for your soul. His view on the resurrection is textbook theological liberalism and just needs to be called for what it is. It's an anti-gospel that will not save anybody. Essentially, it's salvation by works. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly what he's teaching, that you and I can save ourselves through good works and, Tony, that is the exact opposite of what you and I celebrated yesterday with Resurrection Sunday, which is that Jesus resurrected, he defeated death, he defeated sin. And you and I could go through, we don't have time to go through the verses. Uh, let me just give you one, though, from Ephesians, which says um, that we, for by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast which is the exact opposite of what uh, Reverend Warnock said yesterday when he said that you and I can uh, save, uh, we can save ourselves by helping others. Again, that is contradictory to the entire witness of the New Testament. Now, th this is something coming from uh, the man who pastored the same church that the Dr. and Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. pastored, uh, who did preach a gospel. Now, he had some holdings that some may disagree with, but he, he preached the gospel message. Yeah, no, that that's right, Tony. And, and you, you listen to some sermons uh, that Reverend King preached. And, you know, I think there's often where he struck the, a good balance where salvation is through Christ and our theological beliefs will propel us to social action. They'll, they'll compel us to do good for our neighbor. After all, that's the second great commandment that Jesus gave us. Love we your agree neighbor with as yourself. And we agree with that wholeheartedly. But the problem with theological liberalism in the form that Reverend Warnock uh, is a clear follower of is that social action is what's most important. Uh, I listened to part of his Easter sermon yesterday, and somehow he was talking about uh, the, the empty tomb, and he then started talking about voting rights and Republicans trying to suppress the vote in Georgia, which I listened to your A Block segment with uh, the governor in Georgia. And again, that's not at all what the, the legislation does. But again, the, the gospel of Reverend Warnock is one of social change, uh, political change, cultural change, not first and foremost uh, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ that says that sinners can be saved uh, through faith and be reconciled to a holy God. Those are two very different messages. But, but David, uh, the Reverend Warnock's flawed theology is not only a message that he preaches. This is something that is becoming more common in liberal denominations. I mean, it's, it's everywhere in the liberal denominations. 
Oh, it's everywhere, and it's it kind of an outworking of that theology that a hundred year about a hundred years ago, mainline Protestantism they decided they didn't need the virgin birth of Christ, they didn't need the inspiration and authority of Scripture, they didn't need the substitutionary atonement of Christ, and they certainly didn't need the resurrection of Christ. And so, when you start pitching and throwing overboard uh, the main doctrines of the Christian faith. What are you left with? Well, you're left with this nebulous, moralistic, therapeutic dualism that just says we need to do good and you know, hopefully that will garner favor with God. And again, that's just not what you find in the New Testament. That's not biblical Christianity. So, David Clawson, what should we be more concerned about, his policy views or his views and teaching on Scripture? The, the policy views are bad, Tony. He supports the Equality Act. He's pro-choice. Those are bad. But what's more important than, than I, I would argue as a Christian, Tony, is his view on the resurrection. Because if Jesus Christ is not risen, Tony, then you and I are still dead in our sins. We're not reconciled to God. We must bear God's wrath. We can't be justified. We can't be sanctified. We certainly won't be glorified. Because if you get the resurrection of Jesus Christ wrong, you're getting the entire gospel wrong. And based on that tweet and other things that the Reverend Warnock has put out, I fear greatly that he's not preaching uh, the gospel message as is defined by the New Testament. And my, my prayer for him is that he'd repent and he would turn and begin preaching the real gospel. Yeah, it's one thing to be misled for an election season. It's a whole other thing to be misled for all of eternity. Uh, David Clawson, thanks so much for, uh, for joining us today. Great to talk with you. Thank you, Tony. And folks, I encourage you to check out the resources we have available in our Biblical Worldview Center taking on the issues and looking at them from a Christian biblical perspective, chapter and verse. That's how we need to approach these issues from a biblical perspective. Go to TonyPerkins.com, follow links over. All right, coming up next, we're going to take another look at Major League Baseball's decision against the state of Georgia. And we're going to talk with uh, Congressman Mike Waltz about the hypocrisy behind it, especially in light of Major League Baseball's ties to China. That's next. Don't go away. Get a trusted perspective on the news of the day every day. Listen to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins to get honest and in-depth commentary on what's going on in our nation's capital and around the world. Join Family Research Council President Tony Perkins live every weekday on over 800 radio stations across the country. Or listen to the show when it works for you by visiting TonyPerkins.com. On the show, you'll hear from guests like Ben Carson, Senator Josh Hawley, Representative Vicki Hartzler, Molly Hemingway, Pastor Jack Hibbs, Dana Lash, Sissy Graham Lynch, Pastor John MacArthur, Eric Metaxas, Albert Moeller, and more. Tony is joined by leading political figures, pastors, and policy and culture experts who will inspire you to be engaged and informed on the important issues facing America. For a Christian perspective on the news of the day, tune in to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins at TonyPerkins.com. Ever since the Supreme Court handed down its infamous Roe v. Wade decision in 1973 that legalized abortion nationwide, a national debate has raged over whether the government should fund abortion. In 1976, Congress banned taxpayer funding of abortion and Medicaid by passing the Hyde Amendment. Several states have followed suit, passing their own restrictions on abortion funding. However, because government funding is a complex system of joint federal and state programs, completely banning taxpayer funding for abortions and abortion businesses like Planned Parenthood is challenging. 
there is still much work to be done to free the American taxpayer from funding the horrific practice of abortion. Family Research Council's new publication clearly explains the Hyde Amendment and why we need to keep it in order to save taxpayers from being forced to fund abortion. Access this important information by visiting frc.org slash Hyde. What's on your daily or weekly reading list? Are you looking for honest and informative commentary from fellow believers on the current issues facing our culture? Family Research Council has just the thing. Check out FRC's blog at frcblog.com. The content on our blog is written by our policy experts as well as outside contributors. On our blog, you can read about a wide variety of topics, including religious liberty, life, marriage, family, sexuality, public policy, and the culture. Read up on some of our latest titles like Four Disturbing Trends in Religious Freedom Worldwide, Legitimizing Looting Jeopardizes Liberty for All, The Media Still Doesn't Get It, Conservatives Tend to Vote Conservative, and more. At Family Research Council, our mission is to advance faith, family, and freedom in the culture by helping you live out your faith and to stand for truth. Our blog is here to help you do that. Stay informed and get the resources you need at frcblog.com. All right, I'm Tony Perkins, and you're listening to Washington Watch. At the beginning of the the program, we had uh, Georgia's Governor Brian Kemp on. We were talking about Major League Baseball's decision that they announced on Friday to pull the 2021 All-Star Game and the Major League Baseball draft out of Atlanta. I did get into the fact that, you know, Atlanta is a liberal city, and they're actually hurting the, the liberals by pulling it out. But be that as may, we didn't get into that conversation. The Major League Baseball commissioner, Rob Manfred, said in his statement that the decision was, quote, the best way to demonstrate our values as a sport, end quote. Oh, don't make me fall out of my chair. Nothing. So, so what does it say about their values when they're in a lucrative financial relationship with Tencent, a company with deep ties to the Chinese Communist Party and actively helps China's government hunt down and silence political dissidents? With me now to talk about the hypocrisy behind the Major League Baseball announcement is Congressman Mike Waltz, who represents Florida's 6th Congressional District. He serves on the House Armed Services Committee, and he's calling for the 2022 Olympics to be moved from Beijing. Congressman, welcome back to the program. Hey, thanks so much. It's great to be with you. So uh, Major League Baseball, a little hypocrisy there? <laughs> You know, uh, a lot of hypocrisy uh, here. You know, I don't know if you uh, caught today, Tony, uh, Senator Rubio from Florida's letter to uh, to the commissioner, uh, Robert Manfred of Major League Baseball, asking him if he was going to uh, if he intended to maintain his personal membership at Augusta National Golf Club, which, of course, is in Augusta, Georgia, a coveted membership to the private club that uh, people are on years-long waiting lists, generations-long waiting lists to have, uh, or, you know, is he just going to continue to virtue signal uh, through uh, through Major League Baseball? And, of course, he's not going to give up his, his coveted membership at Augusta because that would require personal sacrifice. And to your point on China, of course they're not going to uh, stand up to the fact that the Chinese Communist Party is enslaving 
millions of Muslims, uh, the Uyghur minority there, is forcing them into slave labor, shaving their heads, loading them onto rail cars, sending them to concentration camp, forced sterilization of their women, uh, a mass rape campaign that uh, that the BBC has since exposed and for that exposure. But of course, you know, neither the NBA or uh, Major League Baseball are going to take that kind of a stand on those gross and horrific human rights violations, uh, because that would mean, that, you know, a loss of revenue. Uh, instead, they can, you know, signal virtue. Uh, they can look woke, uh, and and as you mentioned, only hurt minority-owned businesses based on a lie. Uh, yeah. that the Georgia voting law actually hurts voters. So it's just um, it's hypocrisy all around. Well, let me switch to another bastion of hypocrisy, uh, the White House, um, because you've been calling on the administration and on Congress to act as it pertains to the 2022 elections. You want to see the Olympic International Olympic Committee to move the Olympics from Beijing and calling on the United States uh, officially not to participate, at least the government officials to go. I want to play uh, a, a short clip. Uh, this from a uh, real cl- I played a, a very short clip at the beginning of the program, real clips, a real clear politics reporter Philip Wegman asking Press Secretary Jen Psaki about this issue of Major League Baseball and China and what the president's going to do. Listen to this. The president right. had voiced his support for MLB making a decision about the All-Star Game in Georgia. I'm wondering, when can we expect a final determination from the president about the United States participating in the Beijing Olympics, given that he said the Chinese president doesn't have a democratic bone in his body? Well, I think the U.S. Olympic Committee would play a big role. in, in He's weighed in on Major League Baseball here in the United States. He actually didn't. I, I think, I don't know if you heard the question, the answer that happened a few minutes ago, where we addressed this, and I answered the question. So, uh, and I give a little more context, but maybe you weren't paying attention to that part. Uh, sounds like she doesn't want to answer the question. Yeah, no, of course she doesn't want, uh, uh, want to answer the question. But the problem is uh, Biden's own secretary of state admitted uh, in his uh, nomination hearing before the Senate that this is an active and ongoing genocide. So I wish I were there to, for follow up questions, but would you know, would the Biden administration support having the Olympics in Rwanda in the middle of that genocide or in uh, Bosnia in the, mid, you know, in the midst of Sherebrenka? Uh, you know, would, would they have had it in Germany in 1944 in the midst of the Holocaust? This is uh, an act of an ongoing genocide admitted by his secretary of state. Uh, and yet we're seeing silence when it comes to that. But we're seeing the president of the United States and good on former Governor Christie for calling him out on it so forcefully, lying to the American people. The Washington Post uh, called uh, Biden out for with four Pinocchios about the voter about the new law closing uh, uh, voter sites at 5 p.m. And also uh, called him out for this notion that they're not allowed to hand out food and water. Uh, they're allowed. They're not allowed to hand out food and water if you are a partisan political person or if it's labeled uh, coming from a political ent- entity. Because, as you know, Tony, you cannot campaign two people waiting in line uh, in the polls. Uh, and 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 the biggest piece of hypocrisy here is that blue states like New York and Colorado and Virginia and Biden's own Delaware have much more restrictive voting laws. 
than, than, than even this new law coming from Georgia. But, of course, Major League Baseball is silent on that. Biden is silent on those states because they really don't care about this issue. What they care about is fear-mongering over Georgia, labeling it as racist, labeling the filibuster as racist, and setting the conditions to drop the filibuster HR1. This is really what this is all about. These are moving the chess pieces so that you get that federalized power grab so that the entire country has to vote like, like uh, frankly, like uh, California does. That's what this is all about. And by the way, on Major League Baseball, not only are they hypocritical on China, they're hypocritical on Cuba. The Trump administration stopped a program where Major League Baseball teams were paying the Cuban government uh, for recruited Cuban baseball players. So the government benefits far more than the player does. The Trump administration stopped that program. Major League Baseball has been able to revive it now under the Biden administration. So, again, it's hypocrisy all around. They don't care about human rights. They don't care about these people these, that are being horribly uh, uh, tortured, detained, and oppressed. Uh, they just want to, to look woke uh, for, you know, for a certain element. But what I, I just don't understand it from a business standpoint. They're cutting off. Uh, you know, they're cutting off their nose despite their face because a lot of people are upset about this. But I, I, yes, a lot of people are upset about it. But whether or not this gets to the point where conservatives affect it affects conservatives' economic transactions, which I hope it does. I mean, when you have Delta, uh, who's weighing in on this, you know, their their motto used to be "We love to to fly the we love to fly and it shows." I mean, they should change that to "We love to lie and it shows." Uh, you've got Coca-Cola weighing in on this. You've got uh, Major League Baseball. Um, I, I hope people change well, their Tony, buying and shopping habits as a result of this. No, Tony, you're absolutely right. Co- conservatives have to fight back with their wallet. Uh, I, my call to action every time I talk about China is for people, when, when you pick something up and that sticker says made in China, put it back down yeah. until it says made in America. Right. Uh, but the same thing, Coca-Cola is getting its sugar from Western China. Nike's getting its cotton from Western China. They actively lobbied against a bill that would have restricted uh, those you know, uh, various elements coming out of there. Disney is filming in Western China, but, you know, but they're all paying millions to uh, to you know, social justice movements here in the United States. They're talking out of both sides of their mouth. We're going to call them out, but they won't change their behavior until we hit them on their bottom line. And that's what conservatives need to do. Absolutely. And not only is Disney filming there, but they're allowing the Chinese Communist Party to dictate what goes in their movies uh, there in China well, yeah, as well. Oh, that, yeah, that's absolutely right. Not only are they giving them their business, uh, and talking about moving film in Georgia, you know, again, in a total double standard, but they're allowing... Uh, whether it is erasing the Taiwanese flag, erasing any mention of Tibet or the Dalai Lama, any mention of Hong Kong. And that, Tony, that is a preamble for what the Chinese Communist Party will do to the entire world once they get global economic leverage. First, they'll have it over half the world's trade in Asia, and then their goal is to have it globally. Uh, and, and that is you know, a global authoritarian regime. Uh, running our lives and using things like basic minerals, basic materials as leverage for their way, not, you know, the China dream, not the American dream. And we need to wake up as a country to it. Yeah, and they're using the, the, uh, their, their population and that market as leverage on the business community, access to that huge 
vast market That's there right. in China. I, I, I don't want people to miss what you said because I want to go back through this because this is really an analysis. I mean, because you can you can, you connected the dots. You did it very quickly, but I want to go back and connect the dots for people mm-hmm. so they know exactly what's going on here. Okay, so we have the Major League Baseball. We've got the Biden administration all speaking out on Georgia's election law. Now, we've talked about it with the governor earlier. You mentioned it. Uh, this is actually much more generous in terms of allowing voting, extended voting hours, extended early voting periods than many blue states. Um, it's one of about 18 states that have photo IDs required. So they're not alone in that. Um, you mentioned no campaigning in terms of giving out water or food as incentives from campaigns. Doesn't prevent election people from giving out water for those standing in line. It's simply like every other state does not allow campaigning or electioneering at a polling place. So all of that is just like it happens in most other states. So we got that. But yet they're not saying anything about China that is actually killing people, harvesting body parts, putting people in concentration right. camps, brainwashing them, as you said, systematic uh, prog- uh, programs of, of rape, uh, go on and go on down the list. But they're not speaking out about that. So there is something else behind this. It is an issue of elections. It is H.R. 1, because if Georgia succeeds, which was the focal point of the November elections, and you've got 38 states that are working to clean up the constitutional regularities that took place in the November election, if Georgia succeeds, the other states will follow suit. And guess what? You can't manipulate election outcomes. You know, that, that's absolutely right. You know, Florida has taken years to clean up its, uh, its elections. Uh, we, we seek to improve cycle after cycle. Uh, and, and, you know, in, in 2020, we knew the results on election night. We had mail-in voting, but there are strict rules around it in terms of proving you are who you say you are and it being having to be in by 7 p.m. on election night or, that's, you know, or, the, or the vote doesn't count, having a cure period, all those things. And now Georgia, Wisconsin, Michigan, uh, you know, a number of states that had issues. And basically what the Democrats are doing is is trying to codify the changes to the rules that they made under the umbrella of covid that tilt the playing field in their favor. Right. Right. And which which has been done in California for years, has been done in New York for years. And that's how they have a supermajority in those states. They're trying to take it nationwide. But number one, if they, from their perspective, if they don't put a line in the sand in Georgia and shame and try to hurt them uh, for doing this, then they feel they fear it's going to happen in other states. And what they are trying to do is justify getting rid of the filibuster, putting HR one in place, right. uh, and and furthering that power grab. And that's that's everything that this is about. You're absolutely right, and that's why I wanted to walk back through that so people would hear what this is about. It's it's enraging to see what Major League Baseball is doing, Delta Airlines, Coca-Cola, but we, we've got to stay focused on what this is really about. It is about eliminating the filibuster so they can push through H.R. 1, federalize all elections. It's about the Equality Act. It is about changing the cultural and political landscape of America. This is big. That's why they're lying and they're so desperate to do it. 
Yeah, that, that's absolutely right, Tony. Uh, you know, the filibuster in HR1 is the, carry, the canary in the coal mine, excuse me, because once it goes, you know, they've justified it in the name of, of preventing racism uh, right. to their base. Once that filibuster goes, then it's stacking the Supreme Court, then it's going after the Electoral College. It's really going after the fundamentals yeah. uh, of our great republic. Uh, and this is why we truly have to toe the line. Congressman yep. stand, Michael. Stand firm, as we, stand, as we say in the Army, we have to stand, we got to stand firm in the foxhole on this one. Absolutely, absolutely, no doubt about it. Uh, Congressman Michael Waltz, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, thanks again for your service to our country. Okay, thank you. Talk to you soon. All right, uh, Congressman Michael Waltz of Florida, actually the first Green Beret to serve in, uh, in Congress, a great guy. Very knowledgeable on foreign policy issues. That's why I like having him on the program. This in particular, because he is leading the charge on trying to uh, smoke out the International Olympics Committee on the Beijing Olympics. All right, folks, almost out of time here, but I want to encourage you to take action. you got a lot of homework from today's program. You need to uh, go to the website, TonyPerkins.com. If you're in Arkansas, take action on the SAFE Act and encourage the state representative, your state representative and state senator, to override the governor's veto. All right? And also, watch those project, those products from China. All right, out of time. Want to encourage you, check out the, check out the website, TonyPerkins.com. And remember, the Apostle Paul said, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, prepared, and taken your stand, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at one 866 372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.